When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEM. All thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. This week, our guest is rugby league legend Ryan Girdler. Also, you talk about your meditation. It's funny because I was having this chat with my uh, wife about meditation because she meditates all the time and around, like, I guess, male perception of meditation and, like, that you know, dudes who meditate are a bit more like dreadlocks, barefoot, stinky, hippie sort of thing. But obviously that's not the case. And someone like yourself, who is a, you know, a refined and modern gentleman, Gerds, if I can if I oh, can wow. you know, if I can throw that good law. At you. But, you know, who's able to sort of present uh meditation in a bit more of a well, in a different light to maybe how uh you could see it being stereotypically presented. What's the, how'd you get into meditation and like, what's the experience there like for you? Like, what do you do twice a day? How long for? Um, yeah, I, I sort of, I've probably been, I don't know, five or six years now. Um, and, and again, you know, my, my wife drove a lot of the, these changes in my life, to be honest, because, you know, you, you don't always, you're not always aware that there's, you know, these op- options out there and, um, and yeah, we went to a, some guys up there in, in Avalon and had sort of weekend learning how to actually do it properly, um, which was pretty important, you know, and give you some some triggers. And I actually forget what they all are now because it's um it becomes just kind of part of your sort of the day to day practice, right? So, um, and then it's just about you know building those routines. And like anything, you know, for me it was not so much that I was meditating; it was the fact that I was forcing myself to do something consistently twice a day. And I think that sometimes just becomes as important as what you get out of the meditation is actually then building certain routines and that into your life because it builds discipline, right? And mm. and I'm a guy that kind of, you know, likes to have discipline in their life. I've always lived a pretty disciplined existence. So, you know, not having any discipline, I can, you know, I get really unsettled, you know, it gives me actual sort of freedom. So I need to build things into my day that I know that it, you know, they're points that I can hit. Um, I'm a little, I guess, I'm a little OCD in certain elements of my life. And as opposed to trying to fight that all the time, I just, you know, understand what, what I need to do for it. And those times that I take out to meditate and train and do my own sort of programs, you know, um, it, it, what gives me that kind of freedom. Um, and But when I'm meditating, I find that, again, it's, it's a little bit like um, – if you go in with a lot on your mind, having the having the um, discipline to actually drop it all, and then you'd be, you know, really, um, I think you'd be really sometimes surprised at the clarity you can come out of that with if you're willing to drop it all. If you go in there and you just sit there and your mind's going a million miles an hour, you might as well just keep walking around the house doing something else, you know. But if you if you build the discipline in and you get to the point where you've been doing it enough that you can just drop everything as you go in there because you know at that point that's you, what's going to get you the best result, well, then I find that you come out and um, 
some of the decision making that after that um, is yeah it, it's just it's so much easier it's so much simpler so it's it's that's and that's another thing once you start I think around you know fitness and routine and anything like that once you start feeling the benefits that's the reward right that's what it is it's like well I want to feel like that so therefore this is what I need to do to feel like that whether it's eating healthy whether it's exercise whether it's meditation surfing whatever it is and then when you're feeling really good it's like well I feel great why do I feel great this is why well then I'm going to keep doing that and that's the motivation for me how long do you do it for I usually do it between sort of sometimes half an hour morning, half hour in the afternoon. If I can, if I can, sometimes if I'm deep, I'll just sit there longer and it can take, you know, you can go for an hour. But on minimum sort of 20 minutes to half an hour, I don't like to do any less than that otherwise. Or, but if I don't force it, like if I've got a lot going on and there's shit in the house and it's noisy and whatever, and I'm trying to do it and it's not happening, that I don't force it. Yeah. Same as with training, I just like acknowledge that now's not the time. I'll get back to it and move on and do something else. You listen to All Talk with Hello Sport. It's Tom and Eddie here, and we are talking to the one and only Ryan Girdler, Penrith Panthers legend. Now, Girds, their house with Ryan Girdler, one of the great segments in television history. Arguably and I'm not greatest. even – arguably the greatest in – well, greatest in footy show history, maybe the greatest segment television's produced just ever. Like, and I am being a little bit fucking facetious, but, like, it was genuinely my favourite – segment of the footy show it was hilarious like how do you you were sort of like the funny guy in rugby league for a period of your career you were the funny guy what was that like do you, how do you remember that time it was an interesting period that i mean i i, I think maddie johns ended up coming into one of those shows and fletch as well and i think on the back of i mean their talent was always going to be you know, recognized at some point but maddie came in as a flight attendant at one at one one show and then everyone just realized how funny Matty Johns was, you know, and, and Fletch did a, did one of them as well. And I think then everyone got a good look at, you know, how sharp Fletch is as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, you know, there was Fatty and and, and that, there wasn't a lot of – there wasn't Fox to really back then. So, You're being humble here though. Um, what about you? You were the funny guy. That's what I'm talking about. You were, no, you were hilarious. Like, I, I was kind of – yeah, I was – yeah, well, I mean, I just had to play this sort of the dry straight guy, right? But um, that, to me, was the thing that was funniest about the way you did it. And again, I'm sorry, I just mm-hmm. feel passionately about this, Gerds, and I don't want you to start talking about Fletch and Maddie, who are funny in their own right. But, like, the way that you delivered those lines in their house, that when they were the straight lines, and, you know, like, there was one where you jag a three-pointer and you to, to get at Gordy's mum's house or something, and it's just like, oh, yeah, look, I come around a lot. Like, there were just so <laughs> many of these lines. Did you... It was brave, huh? Yeah, well, Very. Did you come up with the... Like, did you write... <laughs> Uh, were these things like scripted or written and like did you do a lot of the production around it how like how involved were you in all of it yeah so a lot of it was just making sure that we did it with guys that I had really good relationships with because it was really important that I felt comfortable around just for us to just to you know talk shit and that and that's essentially what it was so it was a little bit of a loose format where we would we would have an idea there would always be like that reveal we would kind of discuss the production of that um, Simon still did it. Like was uh, was really cool. So we'd sort of come together and just work out. Okay, what's a good reveal? What's relevant to the guy that we're going to do? Um, and then on the back of that, it would just put us. We would then try and build situations in where it, it would be like me. You know, I, I think one of the skills I had during that was to get the guy um, in an environment where he didn't feel like he was on camera and he could mm. be himself. Mm. And that was just by the way that I would lead him. 
um, into the discussion and how I would break it down and make him so comfortable that then you would get those comments out of him. You know, they would loosen right up. And and I think that was kind of, the, yeah, the whole, um, the whole premise of the show was just to let people have a look at a couple of guys that they sort of watch playing footy just being guys and, and just, you know, throw a couple of gags in there with it. But I think, you know, the whole show was around just showcasing, you know, the personalities and the relationships that generally people, you know, didn't get to see because mm. it wasn't a 24-hour NRL Fox show with, you know, 25 guys on it all working full-time. You know, they didn't have yeah. any of that. You had yeah. you had the footy show and, and that was kind of about it. So people didn't get to see and understand, um, you know, there was – I think there might have only been three or four games tele- televised every week. So any chance people got at that point to have a look in behind sort of the, the screen, so to speak, um, they loved it. So, yeah, we really took advantage of that and um, yeah, came up with a couple of years of some pretty funny sort of stuff. So it was just a combination of, uh, yeah, good, really good production and I think just getting the right people on and, and then just showcasing those relationships that, uh, we could break down in front of um, the audience. Were you nervous? Sorry, Eddie. Were you nervous before, like, the first one went out? Like, we, and then to have the success afterwards? Like, that must have been kind of satisfying. You're like, oh, shit, this is actually, like, really popular. I don't think we ever – you didn't sort of get that sort of feedback that you get these days. Yeah. You know, there wasn't clips everywhere or there wasn't people, you know, talking about it or, you know, it was just something that, that we did that – uh, that people seem to like. So um, I was never really nervous about it, no. You know, it, did, it just wasn't – you know, still playing at the time. So it wasn't it wasn't a career. It was just something we were doing on the side that, that seemed to work. You know, I did a fishing show there for a while as well, which was kind of an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, but, but I look at that – I look back at that now, I think that's probably funnier than the other one. But, you know, I think we had four series of it. We went out with four different um, – people and didn't catch a fish you know, like, <laughs> it's hilarious it's so funny and you just put you know two guys and professional fishermen on a boat uh for like five hours don't catch a fish and that's funny tv right <laughs> yeah. and that happened a few times i'm not sure what was that called i don't know what that was called but it's it's we'll there. Get, we'll get that, was, tra- that was tragic that. we're gonna make something work gone fishing gone fishing that, that's probably it. Yeah, Gone yeah, fishing, yeah, that's yeah. it. Very <laughs> creative. that, boys. It's tragic. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> yeah, really did, good. Did yeah. you ever think of yourself as the funny guy at any point in your life? Or did you just find yourself in a situation where you're on a funny show and you're saying funny things? But was that ever <laughs> – but was that ever like – did you ever see yourself as that person? Absolutely not. No, that's – it's really good the way that you put that, you know um, – no, I've never really been a funny guy. I actually don't don't, don't speak a lot uh, generally. So it was kind of, um, but, but even during that show, for me, it was it was less less is more. Like I grew up with a really facetious brother, and my family were just always like at our our conversations were just always banter, you know. So Christmases, I remember one Christmas, I you know it was <laughs> I was sort of in my early twenties, and I was doing okay, earning a bit of money, and I came down and I came down to the family Christmas and, and my brother's a big guy. He's about 115, 120 kilos. And uh, um, <clears throat> we gave it, gave all the presents out and we're sitting around at the dinner, at the lunch table about to have a big sort of family Christmas. And he walks out without a shirt on and sits down next to me. And I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing? I put a shirt on, bro. He goes, oh, no, I'm just wearing the T-shirt you got me for Christmas. <laughs> oh, really? Goes, yeah, they were... <laughs> 
And then we're out the back. I'm like, did I forget you'd get your Christmas present? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, no, this is it. I'm wearing the shirt. It's cool, huh? And then like, just been away sitting out the back having a beer after lunch and he starts swinging this dog. I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just having a hit with that Christmas present you got me, you know, and the whole day was just, you know, coming up with different things that I didn't get him for Christmas. So I, I, I think that was just, you know, we just continually took the piss out of each other as a, especially my brother and I and, and the old man used to jump in as well. So, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a lot of content, but it was always sort of short, sharp and, and deliberate. And I think that's where I kind of honed the, um, the, the ability to sort of do that with the boys on, uh, on the show. Yeah, right. That's funny. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.